Hey, it's time for Mile High Magazine, which means it's Sunday morning. I am Murphy Houston. We are glad you are here today. And joining us from the Williams Syndrome Association is Jennifer Keaton, the regional chair. Jennifer, welcome to Mile High Magazine. Oh, thank you so much. I am so excited to meet you and chat this morning. Well, I'm glad to have you here because myself, and that's one of the reasons I love doing Mile High Magazine, I learn as much as our listeners do. And this is truly going to be the case because I am not sure what is Williams Syndrome. Now, I know it's a genetic thing. Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. Well, what is you it? Are, yeah. Is it from birth? What, how, what, what happens? Just explain Williams Syndrome so we all know we're better educated. Sure. Um, so my daughter has, one of my daughters has a genetic condition called Williams Syndrome. It is a deletion off of chromosome 7. And like in our society, what we hear about with genetic deletions or additions, it tends to be like really big ones, right? Like Down syndrome is an extra copy of a chromosome. Um, And with Williams syndrome, it's it's a deletion and it's a very, very specific deletion. It's 26 to 28 genes off of one chromosome. So when you think about the millions and billions of um, genes that we have, this is a very small portion of that. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I would imagine a low amount of folks actually get this syndrome, do they? It can't be large numbers. No, they, they don't. So Williams syndrome is considered a rare disease, and there's actually an organization called the National Organization for Rare Diseases, or otherwise known as NORD, and um, their definition of a rare disease is anybody that living with the condition in the United States, uh, a population of about 200,000 or less. Williams syndrome is one in 10,000 births. And so we've got today about 20 to 30,000 people living with Williams syndrome in the United States. Wow, that's, that's very rare. And it is genetic. Does that mean everybody in your family can get it? Or is it just one out of maybe all of them? Yeah, so it is genetic. Um, it is a, but what happens usually with Williams syndrome is it's a what's called a de novo event. And so it's a spontaneous thing that happens like when that egg and that um, sperm cell are coming together. And so for most people, it's the first occurrence of Williams syndrome that they've had in their family. Now that our daughter has it and she, she has Williams syndrome, she has a 50% chance of passing it along to her children. Um, but it's not something per se that if, if me or my family ha- decided to have more children or my other daughter who is typical would have more children, that she would have a risk of passing on. Well, that's very, is that unusual? That kind of a genetic setup? It is. It is very unusual. Um, And in our situation, because Williams syndrome is so rare, our daughter was not diagnosed until she was five years old. Um, And there's reasons for that. But uh, it's it's one of those things that, that I almost feel like if you do not know about Williams syndrome or you've never interacted with somebody with Williams syndrome, even if you are the best of the best medical professional, um, until you've interacted and you have awareness about what the syndrome is, you, you wouldn't know what it is, um, like in the day-to-day. So if you met my daughter, Stella, that's her name, um, you would probably not immediately say, like, yes, this person has Williams syndrome, unless, like I said, you're aware of the condition. Right. Being aware of the condition means what? What are, what are some of the symptoms you became aware of as your daughter got to be up to five years old before you really realized something was going on. Yeah, uh, it was 
such such a journey and a, a very sudden surprise, um, our journey with Williams syndrome. So she was five years old and we had had her tested um, for a few different things. There's kind of some markers along the way that probably gave us an indication that she had something more wrong with her than she did. But it wasn't until she was in preschool. She was in preschool for two years. We held her back for a third year. That third year, we had a different preschool teacher who said in our first parent-teacher conference, your daughter reminds me of a little girl I used to teach who has Williams syndrome. So I went to the car, I pulled it up on my phone, and the minute that I saw it, I knew what it was. So some of those those markers um, are very inconspicuous, like uh, my daughter has something called hypoplastic teeth. When she was younger, a small little baby. She was very small, failure to thrive, colicky, um, had delays with walking and crawling. So there's some of those smaller things, right? But actually the main, I guess, deletion, if you will, that kind of classifies somebody as having Williams syndrome is this missing copy of what's called your elastin gene. And elastin is really important in your body. It's the protein that gives sort of our body laxity, and it's really, really critical in your cardiovascular system. It's what makes our arteries and vessels expand and contract as precisely as they do. So when you're missing a copy, it creates a whole bunch of of cardiovascular and gastrointestinal issues, um, and those are really the main marker of Williams syndrome. So like 75% of people with Williams syndrome have something that's called uh, uh, chronic heart defect, and uh, many of them require open heart surgery before the age of five years old. So obviously, in our case, Stella didn't exhibit some of those more significant signs, which is probably what led to a late, um, I guess, diagnosis. But cardiovascularly, that elastin gene is really important. And and I would say that that's the main marker of Williams syndrome is um, if you're missing elastin, um, you probably have those type of effects, as well as some like intellectual disabilities and and other delays, um, so on and so forth. And by that time, your daughter's five, you've obviously been seeing a pediatrician and they had no idea? They had no idea. Yep. We even went to, we're in the Colorado region as well. And so we're from Fort Collins. We went to Children's Hospital and met with Children's Hospital. And at no point did somebody say, like, I think your daughter has a genetic concern. So, um, again, that's partly because she didn't exhibit these, like, overt cardiovascular symptoms. But you can imagine when, for me, when my daughter is five and I realize she has something called Williams syndrome because I pull it up and I see all there's some facial similarities and, again, some of these other inconspicuous things that the minute I saw it, I said, oh, gosh, that's her. Um, my first concern was, like, what is the status of her heart? Because I'm reading right, that right. all these kids have heart problems and my child probably needs heart surgery and, like, is she going to fall over at any moment and die? Um, oh. So I worked my way backwards into a diagnosis. Usually you go into genetics and then genetics test and they say, yes, this is what you have. And then we check all the things. I checked all the things first and said, I think I'm checking all these things because I think my daughter has this. Wow. My mind is just racing. I can't even imagine, Jennifer, that you went through that. How stressful was that? It was was very stressful. Um, I... Now, looking back, I realized that it was a wonderful, I call it a for me journey, that um, this 
this road that happened was was meant for me and it was meant for me to learn something. Um, but in the moment, it was devastating. I was so worried, like I said, about the status of my daughter's heart. I was worried about what her life outlook would be. I was worried that the trajectory of what I thought was um, going to be a normal, happy life had, had shifted. And so, yeah, there was about three weeks where I laid in bed and I cried every day. Oh, um, and then I <laughs> put my big girl pants on and here we are today. <laughs> Well, I can, de- I can tell you're very determined. Jennifer Keaton, Regional Chair of the Williams Syndrome Association. So how is your daughter doing now? I mean, there's got to be all kinds of medical and educational needs that you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. So she is now, so she was diagnosed at five. Now she's almost 12. And so we've had the luxury of settling into this life of Williams Syndrome. And it is the best. I tell you what, like, Having a, a, a person in my life with a disability has, has changed it in so many positive ways. She is, people with Williams syndrome tend to be highly social um, and they're very musical. So some of those beautiful gifts of Williams syndrome are, you know, just things that I couldn't love any more than I do. Um, so our day-to-day is, is fairly normal. Williams syndrome is always there. So she's in fifth grade, going into sixth grade, and uh, she utilizes the support of a special education team to help her navigate the curriculum. Uh, That's where my focus is right now, because as I mentioned before, she has less of the overt um, cardiovascular things, although that's still there, and and she has high blood pressure, and we have to get her heart checked once or twice a year, and she has a host of other medical things that we do. They're not as significant as the educational um, disability and deficits that she needs support with. And so that's where my focus is, is making sure that in our community, she is integrated, um, not just integrated, included, right? That she is seen as being a peer because she is a peer, that we're trying to minimize the stigma of disabilities. And um, that's where our journey is today. It's, It's really about like, how can we make her life fulfilling? How can we normalize all disabilities, not just Williams syndrome? And then, of course, why I'm here, which is why do we create awareness for um, something so rare and unique as Williams syndrome is? Well, May is Williams syndrome awareness month as well. So, well, yeah, th- I was just going to yeah, I, I was just going to mention May was officially Williams syndrome awareness month, and we're coming off May. In fact, it's in early June now. What did you do last month at uh, our, our awareness? Or what? If people are listening now and they're going, wow, like you did after talking to that teacher, what, what should they do next and what should they be aware of? Um, if they are concerned about having Williams syndrome, like for their child having Williams syndrome or just in general? Just everything. If they suspect that they have a child like you did when you talk to that teacher, that teacher says, I think I know what's going on here. And she was right. Yeah. So maybe yeah, somebody, somebody out there right now needs that same advice. Totally, totally. Well, there's a couple of things I would say. Um, one, the Williams Syndrome Organization, it's called the Williams Syndrome Association, is kind of our main source of data. It was founded 40 years ago by a group of parents who said, there's got to be more for our kids than what's available today. And so they banded together and, and do a lot of research and education and awareness in, in the community. So if um, Williams Syndrome is something that they're interested in learning more about, 
um, that's definitely like the pinnacle resource to find information about that. But in general, I would say like people with Williams syndrome exhibit a lot of challenges that many of our kids typical or not display, right? The high anxiety, high ADHD, um, learning disabilities, social challenges um, in terms of like befriending people. Um, so I think that as a community, there's an opportunity for us to collectively leverage our experiences to support one another, right? So you sure. may have a child with autism. I have a child with Williams syndrome. You may have a child that is dyslexic, right? And right. is otherwise typical, but there are things that we can learn from each other. And so I think supporting each other, um, as a community is really important. So sure. that's why I, I do the awareness that I do. Um, that's why many of the friends that I have do the awareness that I do. So um, I would say that the connection piece is really important. That okay. The first thing that you can do if you expect, if you anticipate that your child has any type of need, um, whether that's big or small, right, is connect with community members that you know that have walked that journey um, and can provide you with some support and guidance. Sounds good. Give us your website, though, quickly, because that's important to get out there, the website. It is. I need to tell you this because I'm not totally on top of which one it is. Okay, it's William-Syndrome, which is spelled S-Y-N-D-R-O-M-E dot org. Well, and if people, I know you're a nonprofit, the whole organization there, your association, how can people help financially if they're saying, gosh, maybe I can help out, get involved like a volunteer or send money or what do you think? Yeah. Oh, no, that's wonderful. So William syndrome is, because it's so rare, it is not um, federally funded. And so all of the work that we do as an association really is dependent on those um public donations, right? And so in May, as you mentioned, it was Williams Syndrome Awareness Month. And in Colorado, so we do walks across the country to make sure, raise funds and awareness for Williams Syndrome. In Colorado, we don't do those in May because, as you know, last week, or a couple weeks ago, we had snow and we have rain and, and our weather is super volatile. So we actually do our walk here in Colorado in July, and that's happening on July 30th in the Denver area. Um, and we are taking donations for any and all things, right? So the money, as you mentioned, it's a nonprofit, right? So there is a, a tax benefit to donating to the Williams Syndrome Association. That money is used to support individuals living with, with Williams Syndrome, to enrich their lives, to uh, fund medical research, because medical research is an important component of what we do to improve the lives and the the outcome of um, people living with Williams syndrome. It's also to provide enrichment opportunities like camps and webinars and social interactions that our folks crave. Um, And so that's what we're raising funds for. Uh, So you can do that through the Williams syndrome organization. If people are interested in following my journey, my specific journey with my daughter, Stella, they're welcome to follow us on Instagram. My handle is Jen Keaton. (laughs) Very, okay. very fancy and quite simplistic, <laughs> but um, there's some information there as well. We're taking monetary donations, as you mentioned, and we're also taking donations for silent auction items that we can raffle off and hopefully generate some funds for Good our idea, good idea. Jennifer Keaton, Regional Chair of the Williams Syndrome Association, thanks so much for what you're doing. Best of luck with your daughter. Keep up the good work, and let's get the word out there and help more people. What do you think? Thank you. 
Yeah, I think that is tremendous. Yeah. And again, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. We All right. It. Take care of yourself. And you guys, uh, hang on. It's Mile High Magazine. I will be right back with more.